first episode of the Star of the Ego Feed the Soul podcast. If you're not listening to this on Monday, I'm super glad you're here. Either way, thank you for lending me your ears for the time being. I hope you really enjoy this episode. It is with my longtime childhood friend, Matthew Duggar. Longtime friend, recent husband, recent father, aspiring actor, writer and director, recovering addict from alcohol, and musician. Matt is an amazing human being, phenomenal man. He's grown so much since we were in our high school days to how old we are now. We're both 31 years old. Matt lives in LA full-time. And the conversation is just beautiful. It is super powerful. We discuss everything from his battle with addiction to coming around it, to having self-doubt as a man in your professional setting, to uh, falling in love, being married, raising a young child. Um, I mean, there's so much covered in here. I really, I really think you guys are going to like it and benefit from it. Um, it's really heartfelt because Matt is like a brother to me. He's been by my side since I was 17, 18 years old. Um, he's been a cornerstone in my life, been a huge voice of reason, empathy, and compassion. And I'm really grateful to have him in my life. So I hope you guys enjoy our discussion. Matthew Duggar. Oh, they don't, man. They don't like Bluetooth at all, dude. That looks like a little head- uh, Moscow mule. Like a, like a hippie this is Moscow a, mule. I'm drinking my, my morning ritual, my yerba mate. This is, the, this is the syrup of the gods here, bud. Is that like from South America? mixed with water kind of thing? Is it like- yeah, you just put hot water in. It's just ongoing tea throughout the day. It's kind of how I hydrate in the winter. That's pretty amazing. nice. Yeah, I, um, I can't really drink coffee. It gets me too jittery, so... Yeah, no, uh, I hear that, man. I, I need to quit coffee because like, we talked about this. It's just like, I only had one cup this morning, but uh, it's enough to be like, set me on edge, you know? I used to drink a good amount of coffee. I have a bunch of coffee thing, like coffee apparatus to make coffee. And uh, I just, um, I don't know, just to, it kind of gets me too jittery, man. I can't, yeah, I can't handle it. I'm a lightweight. Dude. What's up? It's good to see you. I haven't seen you on camera. Yeah, well, thanks for coming. Like maybe FaceTime, maybe briefly with like Shepard yeah, and stuff like that. But this kiddo. is more like a like. This feels like I'm actually because it's on the computer. It's like I feel a little bit more. I'm glad that we did it on the computer because it's like it feels yeah. more uh, more legit. professional. You know, more legit. Yeah. yeah. What is this? Is this big screen? Hold on. Let me try this. Nope. Hold on. No. <laughs> All right. Don't worry. I'm not even gonna worry about that. Dude, well, thanks great. for doing this. I'm excited, man. We have so much to talk about. I'm so excited. I've known you since, well, I think we were 14 years old because we were like, we went to the first high school together. Oh, that's right. Huh? right? But we didn't, we didn't yeah. really know each other. We didn't yeah. really know each other. I like- and then I met you my, the, the year I transferred, which was my junior year. And you were like, oh, I went to the high school too. And I was like, oh, cool. And then we, our whole group of friends was randomly connected. You know, yeah. Like, well, even like junior year, I might have. I feel like I met you. Like, I came home on because I was. Uh, I lived in Ohio. Remember, I might have came home and like, yep. You know, hung out with Andrew or Cameron, and like I probably yep. saw you, and we were yep. like, oh yeah, cool, cool. Oh, you saw point, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And then we, um, and then we hung out. I mean, all of senior year are, are pretty much my senior year of high school is just memories with you and our you know group of our little group, whatever yeah. twenty plus friends that were yeah. But I feel like I saw artists. You were one of the faces I feel like I saw like almost like almost oh, yeah. every weekend. You know what I mean? It's like in the sense of oh, like yeah. we'd, we'd end up at the same places or just go to the same places. Yeah. 
But, no, and you've been in my life ever since, man, as a cornerstone. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Okay. So it's where not, do we start? I mean, there's so much I want to, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to focus on, but let's, yeah, let's first start about like talking about how sort of, I think alcohol came into our lives. Right. Cause I, I never, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's interesting dude, to start with that. Cause I've never, uh, I never really had a, a drinking issue, but I definitely drank a lot in high school, you know? And yeah, if we yeah. start with that, we can kind of get into, you know, just yeah, our younger lives being, t- being younger tw- to where we are now, you know? And yeah, not yeah. that that's the focus of the conversation, but that's just a part of our sort of younger story. Cause I, I remember like I hadn't ever had alcohol till I was like, I think I was like 13 or something. I was on a family camping trip and mm-hmm. one of my uncles who, you know, was always fucking with me. Um, cause I was like the, the only son of their sister yeah. gave me some moonshine, you know, and oh, I took like, a shot of moonshine and I like vomited all night. And I remember like, I was like, I'm never gonna do this again. This is horrible. You know? Yeah. And then in high school, especially like junior and senior year when we were at, um, Tucson high, it, it was just like part of the culture, you know, every weekend and we'd go and we'd, you know, be at a show, mm-hmm. like a friend's band would be playing or we'd be at, you know, we'd be playing beer pong at a party <laughs> at a house, somebody's parents would be at someone's house. Yeah. It just, it would travel around Tucson. You know, it was this ongoing keg rager that, you know, went on for, for pretty much two the, years for like, two years yeah pretty much for two years i know and i feel like i drank enough so when i got into college i was just like oh man i'm i wasn't really a heavy drinker but it, yeah you want you want to talk about like your experience with that at like age God. 17 18 yeah i feel like like well, well i guess yeah we'll kind of touch on this for a little bit to kick off and i'll maybe go into like uh my story of kind of like alcohol and stuff like that yeah but i feel like um Gosh, you know, it's like, I, I remember small pieces, but like, I feel like there was almost every weekend where I'd have to be told something, you know what I mean? Cause like, I would just, <laughs> I would black out almost every weekend. You know what I mean? Right. Or yeah. not, you know, maybe not that often, but, uh, but every time there was an excuse to, to drink or like, I knew I could just drink, I think I'd, I would black out. So I'd, I'd be told a lot of stories. And there weren't that many that I remember living, you know what I mean? I was, like, <laughs> I was freaking like zombied out yeah. um, for, for a lot of that, which is kind of like just insane, you know? And I just, I'm surprised that like, just that I, not just that I like moved forward even, you know, that I like, mm-hmm. I, I was still able to, you know, get out of high school, then also get out of Tucson. Yeah. Because you went to you went to SDS, yeah. You went there yeah, freshman we, year, right? You went there all four years, right? Well, we we both left when yeah, we were eighteen, we both, right? Yeah. You didn't stay in Tucson, yeah. No, no. You went no, to yeah. LA to pursue yeah. acting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we both left, and like that was a shock. Just looking back now, it's like that was a shocker that that even happened. You know what I mean? That, that I you even got enough, out of Tucson, given that, what you were doing. To have enough like drive and focus, and to still be able to be like, no, I'm going to do this. Uh, looking back, it's kind of just insane that it all worked out. Right. Um, but yeah, exactly. It's like uh, those years, while there are some great memories and some great stories, they're still somewhat of a, of a, of a blur. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, 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 you know, when you're young, I feel like yeah. it's just so different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, everyone forgives you uh faster yeah. and it's just kind of like funny if like if like you're right. you know out of con- out of a little bit more out of control you know 
Yeah, because you're sort of ex- like experimenting. You're sort of testing the waters of yeah. your own physical and mental limitations. <laughs> yeah. You really don't know what the fuck you're doing. You know, yeah. you're sort of balancing trying to fit in and trying to be an individual. Exactly. Um, especially our our friend group. We had a huge eclectic bunch of you know people from yeah. either artists or uh, musicians or you know scientists or yeah. you know. I, that was the cool thing about our high school and especially our group is I felt like it was very inclusive. Like it didn't matter. Yeah you know, what your sexuality was, what your race was, if you were an athlete, if you were a, a huge nerd, if you, you know, were into Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. dude, like it, everyone was super accepting and we yeah, just we were, kind of partied. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were very lucky in that aspect of like our high school was big. Yeah. And I guess in a sense, uh, I'll say like liberal, but not in the sense of like uh, political, but it's like, right. just, you know, very free. Yeah. Very liberal. Yeah. And like everyone was very accepting. So I feel like we really lucked out with that experience to also like open up our eyes to like, uh, our, our, my experience, I guess, like later in life of just like seeing just different people from different cultures, backgrounds, you know, um, experience and, and also to get along, you know, like, yep. To coexist. Yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. I've come to really appreciate our, our, uh, I guess adolescent, uh, through those Mm -hmm. two years, you know, at Tucson high. And I've talked to so many people about high school and a lot of people, the theme is like, Oh, I hate, I hated high school. You know, I was, I was bullied or, you know, I was just uh, an athlete or I was pigeonholed and I was like, man, I I fucking loved high school. Like, (laughs) especially the last two years, like I I had no worries. I mean, I was taking AP classes, but it was relatively easy. I got to hang out with you guys uh, all the time, play music, you know, (laughs) do whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I still dealt with the same sort of high school bullshit everyone does, but I had such a big support system with, you know, with you and other friends that I always felt comfortable. Yeah, there's yeah. still a big like coming of age thing. I'm like, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it was a good experience. I think overall, like I think better than a lot of people might have, uh, yeah. but Hey, you know, that was then. And yes. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, I, it's fun to think back, but it's like, yeah, it's just like, so how did that like to change that sort of, you know, it became normal to sort of party every weekend when we were, you know, especially in senior year of high school, mm-hmm. this was 2008. And how did that bleed into when you moved to LA, you know, and when you started attending all these music shows and these festivals, you're in a relationship at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Gosh. You know, how, tell me about that. Uh, I mean, it was almost like, so I got out here, you know, it was like August summer, you know, I was lucky enough. Um, to live with like a cool roommate who like we ended up getting along and like we became really close. Um, and this was like 13 or 14 years ago. Just yeah. To, yeah. yeah. So this is, knows. yeah. It's like 13, 12 and a half, 13 years ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, and gosh, I think, you know, we both got jobs. We started making buddies through that. And like all of a sudden, like I we went to school. So we just started meeting like other young people out here that were kind of doing the same thing, whether it's music, acting you know fashion i mean la is like it's kind of like a a a a disaster (laughs) at least for people like me like young individuals who like are now free to do what they want and like the responsibilities were like out the window to a sense um but i was still through all of like that like phase of like uh kind of alcohol and it led into other things too. Like we'll get into that too, I guess. Like 
I still felt like I had a good mindset of like my goals, you know, but, um, the ability to like concentrate and focus on them, I think was definitely way less, way, way less than like when I removed alcohol and then drugs also from like my life. It's like night and day, of course, uh, uh, experience, you know, but, um, well, yeah, out here, I feel like, you know, it's kind of, it's almost, it's, it's like the same thing. It's like, you're trying to fit in, you're trying to make new friends. You're trying to be cool. Uh, you know, you think, you know, everything, uh, because you're still young and stupid. Like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, it's like, <laughs> it's like the heartbreaking like image of this like kid who would like be blacked out playing beer pong by himself by then. And I just like, Ugh! Like my buddy had had a video at, at one time we were at something and like he took this video of like me down in the courtyard and it was like late, 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 late into the morning, early, I guess, in the morning. And just this video and it kind of sticks out in my head of like, wow, like that's who I was, like this kind of lonely, um, drunk boy, you know, at like yeah. 19 playing beer pong by himself. Mm. Basically just to be like, I, I would just keep drinking until i hit the floor you know or every time up. if it was blood, if it was yeah once yeah. once i would put a substance whatever it was into my body like i would almost no not almost i would always want more you yeah. know like um and it started with alcohol uh um and then it got harder stuff like you know uh you know cocaine and ecstasy uh oh gosh Earlier today, you said like, oh, this would be so cool. Your kid will go back and he'll be able to listen to this whenever he wants. It's going to be on the internet forever. <laughs> this is funny. And so he's going to be like, oh my God. Um, my dad went hard. No, I mean, I yeah, think, exactly, I think exactly. this is really powerful shit though, dude. You know, because yeah. this is what helps people, you know, I think realize that we are all human. I mean, because someone could look at your life now and be like, man, this guy's very successful. Like he's got a beautiful family. You know, he's working mm -hmm. towards his goals. And mm -hmm. miss that entire, you know, five or six years of your life that you were battling this shit mm -hmm. internally. And, no, totally. and when you came out of it, you know, yeah, because um, your commitment to AA and recovery. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah, you kept going good. down these holes, right? Like you, whenever, yeah. you know, would go out, it was just, you were just surrounded. And it's to be fair, like it is the culture, especially in a, in a town like LA or anywhere in, in America. Oh, yeah, party is the culture. Like, especially yeah. out here, it's like. Just like take a drink, man. Yeah. Loosen up, you know. Join the join the collective. Yeah, like, party is like it's. Oh, you got the network, and it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe I was just really bad at networking because I would just end up, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I I I made few to little contacts through partying. Let's just say that. Um, but gosh, yeah. So I'll kind of lead in. I mean, I can kind of lead in towards like yeah. you know blah 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 drinking drugging you know well tell me about like you know the the festival experience because because you're you're a musician and you're huge yeah. into music and i think a lot of musicians you know that struggle with addiction mm -hmm. this is how they get into it it's really because they love music they love to sort of that that let go mm -hmm. right and yeah. i i've never been into sort of huge electric music festivals but i get the appeal the music is is yeah. awesome it's super energetic and, and it's just like yeah, there were like two or three years there though. You were like going, you know. Yeah, you yeah, were, yeah. I remember you were freaking going to festival to festival, whether Vegas, it's in Vegas or LA. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Talk to me about like that period. So, you know, I was, I was still fairly. I feel like young, yeah, probably like twenty, nineteen, and like I, I, I always. I remember when I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, 
there was a program called Fruity Loops back in, you know, this is back when I was before a teenager, you know, like everybody knows, program. you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. But at first, I'm sure it was used for other things, but like I, I, I used it as kind of like a little music production kind of thing. And God, I wish I could go back and find some of those like first little things that like I made. Cause like, I mean, I'm not a, like a music producer now. I'm not a DJ now. I, I really have a, a, a love for the music though. And like, um, but I would love to go back and find some of those things, like to see like where that led me in a sense of like, I liked mm-hmm. it back then so much that I wanted to like make it and stuff like that. And like, I remember like I'd be there sitting like showing my brother or my mom, like check out this thing I made. And it's just like, you know, like classic stuff. Um, and I, but I, I'm sure it was interesting in a way. Cause like, it was just one of my, I was probably one of my first creative endeavors to be honest before acting, writing any of that stuff. Like it was probably my first thing where I was like, I'm going to make this record it or like, maybe not record, but you know, you can just produce it. And it was like the first time I remember doing that. But so fast flashback forward, you know, I love the music and stuff like that. And, um, God, I think one Halloween I was in a relationship and like, we flew to New York to see Andrew, one of our, yep. you know, our buddy, Andrew. Our high school friends. Yeah. And you know, we all did some E yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we saw this, this kind of group perform and it was like electro music. And it's just like, you know, it was that ex- first experience with E first experience of like, a live show of like electro stuff where everyone's just like dancing and jumping around lights you know, everywhere. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's pretty yeah. nuts. I'm sure like there's a decent amount of drugs involved, decent amount of drinking involved. Um, and probably some, a decent amount of, uh, maybe not a decent amount, but a, a, an amount of sober people or people who didn't necessarily need to like indulge be in drinking, yeah, exactly. to be like out of their it. mind to like have fun with it you know yeah which i discovered later that like i don't need to be out of my mind to like have as much fun and it's yeah. just like a different experience but um yeah so i did that and then that kind of like set me off to to the, dis- the discovery of like dancing and taking ecstasy and just like mm-hmm. feeling like ah! um, right. you know and it just kind of it was another just like a, a, a spiral kind of down, you know, what I thought was like up, something that I thought was lifting me up was really just kind of getting me further and further away of like, of who I th- wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, well, maybe we'll get into this more, but like deep down inside, you kind of know uh, wrong from right, you know, yeah. or like you, you feel like, you know, this isn't who I want to be, you know? Right. And so as the years went on, like I did more of that, more festivals, you know, made some buddies in festivals and we'd go to EDC, all the, all the insomniac events like out here, uh, mainly festivals. I feel like it's kind of the more. And for people thing. that aren't familiar, these festivals, like they're usually all night festivals for like two or three days. It's, yeah, like, exactly, an, exactly. it's like an ongoing weekend bender. basically. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty yeah. much like it's from like 6 p.m depending on where you're at, it's like 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah. Or if you're like, when they moved to Vegas, it'd be like 8 p.m. to like 6 a.m. See the sunrise. I remember calling you. This is funny. I don't know if you remember this, but I was leaving (laughs) Vegas for the first time and I remember calling you, right? And at that time, your relationship with a a person from high school that was friends with both of us and I was, and you know, I think you weren't sober and I was talking to you like, hey man, where are you at? And you were like, oh, I'm just waking up. And it was like 2 p.m. 
on a Saturday <laughs> and you're like, I'm just waking up. We're sort of sobering up and then we're going to like do some ecstasy and drink and then go back to the, the, the party, you know, and you had been out all Friday night and you guys were going to do it Sunday and then go back to LA to start working. And I had just gotten out of my first Vegas, Vegas experience, which was insane. Um, I, yeah. I don't, it's the first time in my life. I don't remember anything. I was there for a, for a bachelor party for someone I didn't know, but uh, I just remember how, how, <laughs> that's about right like, for me. Like, I don't even know this yeah. person, but I'm here. Like I, I'm just, I just showed up. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just remember having a conversation with you. We were both 20 or 21 at the time. I think 21, obviously we have to be 21 to get into the clubs, but I, uh, that was really interesting. Cause I was like, damn, I had never done that before. Even being a musician, mm-hmm. I was like, that's, that's pretty hardcore dude. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, that popped in my head. No, no, no. I know. I think like in my, in my, well, it was funny. Cause like, uh, at the time the relationship I was in, she was kind of like my running buddy in the sense of like, she would party too. And like, you guys were rolling hard. Dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. she, she would, I'd say she wasn't using like, let's call it alcoholically or addictively. Like I was yeah. like, she, you know, yeah. um, and then it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll talk about that kind of more later too. Like, and I, I would, like I said, with drinking, it's like, I would pretty much just keep going until it was gone or yeah. until it was like, or until I woke up the next morning. Like if the supply know? was there, you would continue to consume. Pretty basically. much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would want to say like, oh no, like I wouldn't ever do too much ecstasy, but that is a, t- a total lie. Yeah. Um, Shit. So, you know, we'll kind of fast forward a little bit too. Like if you want, like past the sure. using... Cause it's just, it's like stories of just like, you know, I'm sure everyone right. who is in the situation or people just like, you know, getting out of your mind. Well, let's get, let's get to the point, like in your, whatever age you were in your life where you realized you had a problem where it yeah. was like a, a sharp, like I'm, yeah. I'm killing myself or I'm, I'm literally becoming someone I don't want to be like, I want to mm-hmm. talk about that pivotal turning point. So yeah, exactly. Well, it's, that's a good place to go to. Um, so I, was probably like 20, 21 maybe. And, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't believe yet that I had a problem, but I had people in my life telling me like, Hey, you have a problem. You know, you need to go to a program, try AA. Like my friend goes to AA. Cause out here in Los Angeles, like I'm blessed with like, there's like so many people end up doing this or go through this just cause it's such a part of the culture here and everywhere too but i'm lucky enough in la to have a place where like there's people who there's AA meetings here every 30 minutes in mm-hmm. every area of the town like honestly right. like you'll you'll be able to find something so i had somebody in my life my my my, my relationship at the time telling me um you have a problem you have a problem and i i think to get some heat off my back i went and I heard, you know, at my first AA meeting, um, you know, I was scared and I just, I didn't hear it. I really, I just like thought like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this isn't really me. I don't have much of a problem. Like these people are crazy. You know, these people right. are talking about like stealing cars and like going to jail. Some of them, not everyone, but like that was the typical thing in my mind that I heard where mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. Um, Flash forward, it just like, it got bad. My using and, and thing like, things like that just got worse and worse more often, harder stuff, harder drugs. And, um, and it got to the point where like, uh, I just started to 
really create some damage in my life with my family, just, just getting further and further away from them and from who I wanted to be as a, as a person. And as a man, I guess, like growing up, like starting to get a little older, getting further away from my dreams, you know, uh, there's one time I was hired for a job actually. And, 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 um, like a, a, a shoot. And I thought like, great, I got this job. It was a two day thing. The first day was great. I said, cool. Like, you know, today was really easy. Let's go out and celebrate a little bit. And I ended up, I, I didn't sleep the night and I went to the work, work the next day, still out of my mind. And I think that was my first realization of like, okay, something's not right. Like I, 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 I can't, I can't stop. Like that, um, it started to, you started to realize it was affecting your daily life. It exactly, wasn't just a nightlife routine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, I can't, it's like, I got hired for like, at the time, like a dream job, let's call it, you know, I got hired to do this thing that I wanted to do. And I still, I still chose, uh, drugs and alcohol over any, anything. Mm. And, um, looking at that, I was like, okay, I have a problem. And that didn't stop me right away, but pretty quickly there was, you know, one morning where I created enough wreckage the night before with my like relationship and friends. And I had, I had vague blips of like what happened. And I woke up just, I just knew like, uh, I got to do something. I got to get help. You know, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I was so tired of, of trying to, uh, it's a total mix of things. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, trying to hide, trying to be cool. It's almost like polar opposites on each thing. It's like, I'm trying to not be noticed, but at the same time, I want everyone to know my name. You know, I, I, it's like, and it's just that like total off balance mindset that like, I couldn't do anything right. You know, I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't have an honest conversation. You know, I couldn't look people in the eye as much. Um, And I just, you know, I, I was so tired of like waking up, being sick, having to go to work hungover, having to do, you know, uh, like classes hungover, whatever it was, like everything. I just felt like I just was a mess. And I was like so tired of living like that. That, uh, you know, that morning I woke up um, at the time I had to move. I had to pack up my bags and leave, you know. Um, luckily, I had some friends that... um took care of me for a little bit in the sense of just like gave me a place to stay yeah. uh, for, for a couple of days, couple of weeks. Um, but during that, I, I, I went to, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and I, it was so funny too. So my, my, um, Hannah at the time was my, my relationship, you know, we had kind of mutual friends a little bit more, more so her friends, but some of her friends that knew me that were in the program. And even though they like, knew kind of like how I lived and like all the bad choices I made. Like when I showed up at AA, they still like, uh, accepted me with open arms. Like, Hey man, it's good to see you. Like, I'm so glad you're here. Like we saved you a seat. And, um, and it was kind of off to the races, you know, I had been to a couple of meetings before, like I said, to kind of get the heat off my back. But now I finally like was, I sat down and I was willing to listen because I really wanted um, I had the gift of desperation, as you kind of hear, at least in the program or probably also out in the world of like, 
you know, I just, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to change. I need to do something different because this isn't working yeah. for me anymore. Um, I like that term. I, I, yeah. in AA, I don't know, but the gift of desperation is almost like when the trauma is enough, you're at the bottom of the barrel and you yeah. have a decision. You're That's exactly. People call it their bottom, but it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, okay. If, if you really, I think every person who tries to get sober, you know, um, has has their kind of what they call their like bottom and it's like they 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 really want to do whatever it takes to stay sober to change and um you know so um you know i don't know how how much into the program stuff you want to get into but i heard this one guy speak he was he was two years um sober and he was taking his what they call like a birthday chip and he spoke with clarity and he was kind of nerdy. Like, I'm kind of, I, I don't know if I can, I'm kind of nerdy myself. It's like, you know, I like Electra stuff. I liked video games. Like, I wasn't a stellar athlete, you know. Um, I don't know, man. You could play some serious table tennis. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually. I can bust it. You know that. That's the truth. Uh, like, I can, you know, like, I can, you know, play some table tennis and whatnot. But yeah, like, so, like, I heard this guy talk and I was like, man, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll talk to him. Like, what did he do? Like, how did he get to where he is, where he can speak clearly, honestly. And he had this sense of like, he wasn't afraid to, um, to, to say or to speak his mind. He might've been terrified out of his mind. Like even now, like I'm scared speaking to you mm-hmm. uh, just because it's like, I want to sound intellectual and I want to sound, yeah, I wanted to hopefully, uh, you know, of course, like uh, say the right things. Like I yeah. think anyone does. In a, in a position of like being interviewed, I guess, you know, but, uh, but it's like, okay, if he can at least sound like he's okay, yeah. what did he do? So I talked to him and, um, I just asked him like, what do I got to do? And he said, well, you got to read this book, you know, open the step or open the book and go through the steps. And I was like, okay, can you show me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, his name was Nate. And, uh, for those, it was like two or three months. Like I was like, I'll, I called him and I was like, cool. Like, what can we do today? Let's read through the book today. I was like, I was so, ah, God, thinking about it back, back to it. Like it's, it's kind of a a little emotional for me just in the sense of like, I was so willing to do whatever he said. Cause I just wanted, I really needed to, to stop drinking and to stop using. You wanted to heal. yeah, I just needed to heal. I needed to grow. Uh, I needed to get away from that like old lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but God, you know, I, I would, we would get together, we'd go through the book, go through the steps. And I just took direction and, you know, I was lucky enough to be desperate enough to, to, to do the things that he said, mm. which was, you know, at the time, it's simple, but at the same time, it's hard because it's like a little bit, it's just hard to change, you know, it's yeah, hard it to do work to change. And it's, it's an ongoing process. Like there's still, um, you know, reco- I'm, rec- I'm, I, I recall myself, like I'm recovering, not recovered, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. I'm, it's a, it's a, it's a daily practice. Uh, I, I am giving tools daily where if I use them, I can stay a little bit more uh, sober and a little bit more helpful and useful to, to my loved ones and to, you know, other people who are struggling, I guess. Right. So, but yeah, so I, I, I was lucky enough to have that kind of craving to drink and use removed. And 
you know, that was uh, uh, talking to you now. It's going to be seven years ago on Monday. Completely um, sober. March 1st would be seven yeah. years without a uh, drink or drug in my, in my life, which was just crazy. That, that's what I was going to ask. So AA, you know, it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's not really just for alcohol. Like, like th- this yeah. is treating all, all the addiction that you had, that exactly, you were experiencing, exactly. right? And there are, <clears throat> there are other meetings and I think they use kind of the same format, the same kind of tools and program, like 12 steps. Right. Um, but I found, I was lucky enough to find some meetings as well out here that like, you know, people are really talking about, uh, recovery. Yeah. Um, and you know what they do now, you know, it's cause, uh, you know, in the, well, this might kind of lead into the next thing too. Like in the past year and a half, like, as you know, my life's gotten a little crazy, you know, like yep. I, I'm, I mean, obviously COVID is, you know, blah, blah, blah. COVID sucks for everybody, but you know, uh, I got a son now I'm married. Yep. yep. And, um, those things I think are stressful for anybody. Uh, right. and like, how can I maintain, uh, uh, even keel, uh, um, while, while, you know, living life and being sober and not, you know, freaking out, you know? So yeah. at, at five, five and a half years when I, you know, when I found out I was going to be a dad and I you know I got married and, uh, um, let's just say like my mind was racing, you know, not towards alcohol and drugs necessarily. Of course, like every so often, you know, you would, I would have those thoughts like, oh, blah, not, not even really like, oh yeah, drink would fix this. It was just kind of like, it's in the back of my mind, but in the front of my mind was, you know, fear, um, you know, anger, uh, um, you know, uncertainty, uncertainty, exactly. The fear of the future of just like this, this thing. And I'm looking so far forward where I'm basically, I'm basically kind of like when I was using, like I'm blacked out to the present moment because I'm thinking mm-hmm. so far into the future mm-hmm. that I can't do the things that I need to do today, you know, yeah. um, and communicate, uh, honestly and openly today when it's, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, all the things that I think new parents think about, you know, finances, jobs, you know, healthiness, kids, apartment, lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. It goes on. Yeah. And on. I feel that so much. I, I completely relate to sort of being so caught up in the future that I'm forgetting to sort of sit in the present, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. enjoy or understand why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. How important, because, you know, we, we talked about AA being sort of the, the gateway into this healing process, mm-hmm. but how important was your community outside of AA? You know, cause I remember having co- phone conversations with you throughout these five years. And then you had other close friends that you still have, mm-hmm. you know, that we weren't in AA with you, but we were, you know, also, you know, growing up as young adults. How, yeah. how important was that sort of to have that community that believed in you, that loved you outside of AA? Yes. Yeah, tough. It's like, <clears throat> um, you know, when I think about that, it's like, I feel like it's really like family, and friends, really close friends, especially, honestly, you, like you've been in my life for, like we said, what is it? Like 15 years now, like 16 years now. And like, you're one of the people who I would kind of like a friend who crosses into the family aspect of like, you've been there for those conversations, those hard conversations and like those, like those things. And like, you've always supported me and like believed in me and like, uh, you know, where it's, it's, it's so important. I was so lucky to have like you and also like loving family members who 
gosh, even though going through all this stuff, like we're supportive and um, I could talk to, you know, and it's not just people who are in the program, like they help me with that, but it's like, it's good to have, you know, you were an important support system, you know, that we could talk to each other about, you know, this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, relationship stuff. And then also just kind of like, we've had multiple conversations, I think like at big kind of like points in our lives about like, you know, you graduate college and it's like, cool. Now what, you know? And it's yeah. like, we're in our early twenties where we're supposed to be like, Oh yeah, we're going after our career. And it's like, dude, you've right. like, not to call you about, like you've switched careers like 20 times, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally true, man. <laughs> I didn't no, know. And I still don't know many, what the fuck I'm doing. Not um, that many times, but exactly. It's like, we're like young adults and we have, we're confused, but it's like, it's good to have somebody to check in with. Who's like, uh, just like, you know, AA, um, going through the, the, the same things as you, you know, like we're on the same timeline of like, you know, not knowing exactly what we're doing to like knowing what we're doing. And the next thing you know, we don't know anymore. Uh, so it's just, I think that, and like, I don't, who knows if that's going to change. We could be 20 years from now being like, yeah, like, you know, I, I acted for a while, but I think I'm going to change. And I think I'm going to, go back to school and be a lawyer, yeah. you know, right. like, you know, yeah. um, so it's just good to have people in my life that have, uh, helped with that and supported me that all this, all those years. How is all of that, you know, you have to put in, so it's not just a, like the impact of AA, it's that you mm-hmm. showed up continuously week after week, day after day, month after month mm-hmm. and put in the energy to resist the addictions that you have built to yeah. make that a new normal, right? Because you're creating new habits. It's breaking those habits. How has that contributed to, you know, you're 31 now, I'm 31. Like it's been a while. Like how has that contributed to who you are today and how you navigate your marriage and, you know, your work life? Because I feel mm-hmm. like how you perceive your work ethic and, you know, your commitment to things, it's way different, you know, because you've been through mm-hmm. that. Yeah, no, totally. And like, that's the thing. It's like, um, uh, I'm a very reactive person. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, um, and I, I have a hard time controlling my reactions. I'll say that, you know, it's like, whether it's a look or I say something that I shouldn't say, or it's just like, it's, it's kind of my, uh, delusional habits of like seeing something one way when it's really not that, you know, somebody says like, you know, it'll happen all the time with, I'll say this, like, you know, um, like, like my wife, who's like the sweetest, nicest person. And she always is just trying to help me. Mm-hmm. She'll do something. And like, it's just, she's, she's honestly just trying to help me. And I'm just like, I, I don't need help. Like, no, like I'm like, and I just try and push it away. Yeah. Cause it's like, I have what I'm trying to do. Like, so, so like an example is like, I'm trying to take the kid to the park and I'm just trying to get out of the house really quick, quick so I can like go. Cause he's already kind of tired, but like, we got to get him outside. And as I'm trying to go, she's like, Oh, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? And at first I'm like, no, like I don't need it. I don't need it. But then she mentions like, Oh, do you have baby wipes just in case? I'm like, no, no, I don't have that. Actually. You're right. You're right. I need that. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's kind of an example of like, uh, yeah, of, of if I'm able to just, not react and listen mm-hmm. in all aspects of my life. Um, things work out better for me personally, you know, like yeah. if yeah. I'm able to listen to what somebody is saying, 
uh, and just hear it and take a second and pause. And that relates to like, that's, 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 you know, some AA stuff, but then also probably for other people, just life stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm able to have a, a simpler life if I just listen and don't react and say, Oh, thank you. You know? Yeah. And usually if I'm able to do that, the, the, Oh, thank you turns out to be a more honest thank you than I expect. Because like I said, it's something that I don't see like, Oh, I, the baby wipes aren't in the diaper bag, you know, and mm-hmm. she sees that, but I can't see it. Cause I'm so one tracked, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I th- hopefully that kind of answers that question a little bit yeah, in the so. aspect of like, I, I, I think when I get going, I think I know everything when, yep. when it, in fact, it's like far from the truth. It's like the more I pause and listen yep. to what people are telling me, the more I learn. <laughs> I agree. Dude. It's so funny. Cause when you're younger, everyone that's in a, it's an older adult that, that has, you know, some wind wisdom to share, mm-hmm. you know, I, consistently was told like just wait till you're older you know you'll get it and i'm like what the fuck does that mean right and now that i'm older it's almost like the older i get the more i admit and realize that i don't know mm-hmm. you know whereas when i was younger i was just like reading a list and like oh i i'm, I'm an expert on all this shit you mm-hmm. know um and not to, to like unvalidate or invalidate the stuff i do know but i i feel like i'm more open to being like oh I could learn anything from anyone, regardless of their education, their socioeconomic strata, how old they are. Yeah. And I'm just listening to what they have to teach me, you know, what they have to share. Um, one thing that came up and I'm curious in AA, do you like look at your childhood at all and see how like that played into building addictions or did you do that in therapy? Like, um, so I did, both. did you know? I didn't okay. end up doing both, but but um, like I did some therapy when, when I got sober, I also did a little bit of therapy as well. For a while mm-hmm. um and I, I i i mean i strongly support like anyone who wants to go to therapy it was good for me it helped me a lot you know like yeah um just to kind of just to help help open me up so i, I could think let, as a man for sure right i yeah. mean not a lot of men go to therapy on their own accord no i i, I don't out. i don't think so you know I, I think it's getting more popular now yep. you know than ever I but i think like even back like 10 years ago, I don't think it was as big of a thing, you know, but, but, um, you know, I went to some therapy and like, you know, I looked at my past, um, and, but I think they do, you do look back at your past in AA just to see like, cause there's a lot of things I held on to, um, that I have no control over, you know, I don't have any control over how my parents raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they, 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 they did the absolute best they could. And like, you know, I, they did a great, I think they did a, a fabulous job, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm not perfect. And, um, but that's not, it's not their doing, you know, yeah. like they, they really did a, their, the best they, they could, you know? Um, yep. and I think I, I, I didn't realize that I think until probably, I think, I think AA showed me that more about like, look, like, you know, you don't have control over all these things that happened to you. Like, you know, uh, um, and the more you try and hold on to that control, you know, the more you're just going to continue to like slowly, whether it's like suffer or whatever you want to call it, um, be in pain, you know, that's mm-hmm. like the more you're going to, uh, 
just hold on to those things and be in pain. Um, so, but I, you know, I look back at that stuff, but I think I learned a lot from AA in the sense of like, you know, everyone's doing the best they can, you know? Right. Um, and there's some people who are also, you know, whether it's like spiritually sick is what they kind of can call it in the program. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a spiritual program. I'll say that just, uh, yep. I'll touch on that really briefly. You know, people, you know, they will, you know, they will find quote unquote, uh, God, God, yeah. But it's, it's a lot, it's different things for everybody in the program, right. which is nice. It's like a God of your own understanding. It's the universe, whatever you want to call it, you know, just about connecting with a higher uh, power as you tell high, me. Exactly. Lot, exactly. Right? Yeah. A higher power. We can talk about that. I actually really want to explore that because, um, mm-hmm. like how, how essential do you think, you know, spirituality is within the process of breaking an addiction? Because, you know, from my perspective, dealing with my own addictions, it, it's sort of like, just believing like for me, I'm, I'm very much a spiritual, spiritual person. I wouldn't consider myself a religious person, although I grew up very Catholic. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I believe, you know, we're we're all connected. I believe in the transfer of energy. I believe that we're made out of the same things. The stars are made out of, you know, we can go on and on, but (laughs) you know what I mean? I I think that like, that's essential for me to have something to release towards, you know? So it's, I'm not siloed just in my own head, in my own world, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm sort of like, you're like zooming out. And you're really just this like sentient being on this speed spinning molten rock, you know, floating around this giant ball of fire, mm-hmm. you know, making all this shit up, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. is that, does that like resonate with you? Do, how important was that? No, I think, um, uh, spirituality I'll say is like a cornerstone of the program in the sense like it's, 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 I'd say without a higher power, without a greater being, like I could not have stopped drinking and using by myself. Okay. I woke up that one day, it was a Sunday and I, I wasn't a person of prayer. You know, I knew what it was, mm-hmm. but I rolled out of bed and I begged God. I called him God at the time. You know, I yeah. begged like a higher power to be like, I need help. You know, like, mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I believe that when you try and connect with the, with a higher power, like, I think it's, I mean, it's, 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 I'm sure it's, it's so complicated, but to keep it simple, I think that some, you know, when you try and, you know, speak like somebody is listening, like somebody's going to help you, you know, uh, because I just have hard evidence of it in my life. You know, I, 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 because of that prayer, I think that, you know, shot me towards, towards going to a meeting quickly. And like, because of that, like, I think God revealed to me, like what I should do next. He's like, okay, yeah. well, if you want to stop this, where can you go? And I'm like, well, I guess I can go to AA. So I went to AA, yeah. you know, and, um, totally. But I think, you know, I think, uh, a higher power is is so essential in in my life and i find the more that i connect to a higher power the the easier things are for me the 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 more i'm able to live in today and you know know that uh god is looking out for me i'll call him god you know i call him god god is looking out for me in in some sort of way you know like Mm -hmm. he's he's 
he's given me a, a, a because of that, like a, a, a considerably pretty, pretty nice life. Like for myself, I feel like, you know, I have a, a decent apartment. I, I get to live in, an, uh, in La city where I'm able to pursue my dreams and I have a, you know, beautiful wife who's loving and caring and a wonderful child. And like, I, w I don't think I would have any of that if it wasn't for that one prayer that one day, you know? Yeah. I'd either I be continuing that. to be drinking or I'd be possibly dead, you know? Like those yeah. are my, those are my options. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I remember growing up so Catholic in my family. Uh, I think in my early teen years to my sort of late or not late, sorry, mid twenties, I was very much opposed to using the word God, you know, cause it, it yeah. was so ingrained in me that it was associated with Catholicism or Christianity. And I was so, I broke, you know, so far away from the dogmatic principles. Although I think there's a lot of good teachings and a lot of religion. There is a lot of dogma. There's a lot of persecution. You know, we can't get mm -hmm. away from those things. Mm -hmm. It's done good things for people. And it's also controlled people. But mm -hmm. I think when you bring up, like, when you say like your idea of God, I think that's essential because for me, you know, once I've read more philosophy and theology about stuff, God is just a word certain people used to describe, you know, uh, an all knowing sort of being. And, and in Christianity, it's very much made out of the image of man. You know, it's usually this, this white guy with a beard in the clouds. And for me, God doesn't really represent that. It doesn't really have a sex. It's just like the interconnectivity of consciousness between everything we know, all living beings, you know, whether it's nature mm -hmm. or love or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I perceive it. I'm totally open to how everyone else perceives it. I just think it should, you should make it your own. And it doesn't have to be yeah. forced on other people, but as long as it's making you a better person, it's helping you live with more ethics and values and morals. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Right. And it can yeah. help you heal as soon as yeah. you like, you know, start to pontificate and shove it down other people's throats. I think you sort of lose, you exactly. lose what it's supposed to be. Right. Exactly. 100%. I think that's one of the things like, uh, that the, like the, the program says too, it's like, we're not trying to shove God down your throat. It's like, we're just trying to, you know, this is what we do. You do however you want to do it. And that's the one thing too. It's like, that's the one great thing about, uh, I guess kind of maybe wrap up in the program. Just like, that's no one ever told me I have to do it this exact way. Cause if they did, I would have ran for the Hills because I hate taking direction. I hate being told what to do. I hate, yeah. you know, I, I, I was able to explore it my own way and have my own experience with it. And I think that's so important for not only that, but also, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's life. It's like everyone has their own individual experience. No two people are the same. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like everyone has their own journey, I guess. Indeed. Oh. Indeed. So you, I mean, let's say, you know, you're, wait, on Mondays, you're seven years or eight years? Seven yeah. years. Seven years. That's amazing. Um, it's crazy. So from when you started to now, Tell me about how your perception of your goals have changed, you know, because mm -hmm. you're still pursuing acting, you're still mm -hmm. writing scripts, you're still producing content, mm -hmm. you know, now you're a father, now you're a husband, mm -hmm. still working. Um, like, give me like that growth, you know, like what, how has it changed your entire view on like what you're pursuing externally? Because we know how it's changed your in internal yeah. climate, right? Yeah. Lately. I guess I'll start at the kind of the beginning. So like in the beginning, you know, yay, sober. Um, I felt like, great, I'm sober. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to be the best actor ever. You know, I'm going to yeah. 
be successful. I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, I felt very positive, um, and at, time, at, at times negative and also, you know, you lose a little sight of things too, but overall I'd say looking back, like I felt very go getter. I'm going to make it happen now, you know? Um, and that was good, but it's also exhausting. It's also exhausting trying to make it all happen when things like, you know, it's either things weren't working out at the time or I wasn't doing the right things. Or I also, you know, even being sober, I still got lost in other things, other, other journeys, like, you know, relationships or, uh, uh, friendships or, you know, we're trying to get the best job at the time to support my career, my, my goal and my career as an actor. Like, you know, so there are times where I got a little sidetracked too, but, um, but overall, I think I felt like I, I, I stayed the course better and I was able to focus on, you know, on, on being an actor. But I think throughout the, throughout these seven years, it's kind of like, uh, getting to know myself better you know? Mm. And, um, cause I think we all have the big question of like, who am I, who am I, who am I? Um, deep down uh, inside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And kind of chasing that, but as it takes time, you know, I think that's what I've learned lately. It's just like patience is what I'm, I, I have learned and like things take time. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, there's something to say for being patient. And I think there's also something to say for being aggressive and being yeah. a go-getter. Yeah. I think there's like a good balance of the two um, that won't leave you too crazy either. You know, it's like, look, I'm going to continue to, you know, pursue jobs and, mm-hmm. and pursue uh, acting. I'm going to pers- continue to pursue or to write scripts and try and make things. Um, but I, I'm at a place now where it's like, and that's okay if I don't make it happen tomorrow or even today, you know, it's like, yep. it's okay if I write it and I don't sell it right away. Like I would love to sell a script like right away, but it's like, you know, I'm very new to that world. And it's like, I don't think anyone does it right yep. away. You know, I'm sure there Agreed. are those cases where it's like somebody wrote this script and they just bam, but it's like, I'm sure yep. it went through a lot of, you know, trial and error before they just sold it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like at the beginning, very go-getter and now a, more of a balance of go-getter and patient, which yep. is I think healthy for me. Um, cause then I'm able to balance other things too. Like, uh, lately, especially like very recently of balancing, you know, time with the, with my, with my son, time with my wife and time as a family, mm-hmm. but then also time, like, individual and yes. and communicating with like hey you know um jenna like i um i'm gonna take some time on saturday to do a podcast with mm-hmm. my buddy my buddy nick yeah. she says hello by the way she was like oh tim tell nick say nick i say hi which i always find like i thought about it like oh i always find that's really nice of like it's like you know i get that because i said it all the time like oh you know tell this person i say hi because it's it's just yeah. funny like how um we all care about each other. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and and you've met her a little bit and talked to her briefly, but it's like, it's just yeah. funny. Like, uh, it's just beautiful. How, how it's thoughtful how, to say those things to, yeah. to your partner when someone's important to them. 
You know, yeah, exactly. I think exactly. That's, that's huge. Kind of a sidetrack um, there, but I just, it was just, yeah, I totally. thought of that kind of deeply. I'm like, Oh, that's very sweet <laughs> of someone to say. I wanted yeah. to say something when you were saying about the balance. Like, I think, I think it's really important um, that we admit that, you know, outwardly because a lot of people look at someone that's successful or that's going towards their goals or, you know, that is really good at whatever it is. And they'll be like, Oh, this, that looks like it came so easy to that person. You know, even if they mm-hmm. worked hard, it looks like it came so easy. And, and it's couldn't be further from the truth for most people. Like mm-hmm. I still struggle with loneliness, depression. I still fail. You know, like we've had plenty mm-hmm. of conversations over the phone where we're just questioning, like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. what are we like, are our goals really, um, the same things we want, we want when we wanted a year ago, we're always constantly reevaluating. And we use, at least I've used this friendship really to, to ask you like to check myself. And I've, you know, you've always asked me to be like, you know, man, how do I, how do I be more organized so I can like be a good father and a good husband and still pursue my, my goals of being, you know, a, a well-known actor, a successful actor and, you know, write good, good screenplays and, you know, be successful in those avenues, but also being successful inside for the things that, you know, really, mm-hmm. really value internally. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really beneficial to admit that outwardly, especially as men, dude, because I feel like, uh, I mean, in our culture, maybe women do this more, but a lot of men like never admit that they're, you know, sort of struggled mentally or emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they ever had a doubt, you know, that they were going to fail or not um, meet their own expectations, you know, and yeah. that sort of cripples us if we're not able to talk about it because it's this unspoken very uh, self-critical, judgmental mm-hmm. psyche, just kind of eating away. No, exactly. Exactly. I feel like, like you just, you just touch on it a lot. Like, uh, you know, we've, we've been lucky enough to be friends where like we can, we can kind of be pretty open with each other. Like, man, like I feel, you know, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not mm-hmm. where I want to be. You're, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm lost, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and it's nice to kind of, yeah, like to have somebody to admit that to, but then also just to admit that to myself. But then that also gets me to a quicker place of like, look, like, wait, pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, look, look back just a few, like, where were you, you know, five, 10 years ago? Like, yes. you know, like, I'm sure, you know, you've been pursuing this for a while. Like, I'm sure you're further along. You haven't gone backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> right. You know? Um, and so it's, 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 it's good to pump the brakes on that sometimes too at least it's but it's good to say it out loud too to be like it's okay to be like you know this is where i am but it's like wait but i've done this i i've i've made this little thing i've i've been a part of this this project whatever you want to call it um like i i have done things and it gets you into the better mindset like okay like a more healthy mindset of like i'm working towards my goals and that's always even even my great like role models whether it's like Leonardo DiCaprio or, you know, mm-hmm. or like, um, you know, uh, you know, some great musicians too, like, yeah. um, like they're always working towards their goals, you know, yeah. like they have a goal they set and they either reach it or they don't, you know, like some yeah. of, I'm sure even people, you know, who are very successful have goals and they don't reach them as soon as they want, you know, it, yeah. it might take them years and years to reach them, even though they seem to me and to you like, Oh my God, this person, how can they feel not successful? You know, but I'm sure like they, they probably have it just as bad as we do, you know, even yeah. from my experience, you know, probably years too, of talking to people who are um, what we would consider like, Oh, they are successful. They have it all. They're, they're, yeah. they're thinking the exact same thing. Like other oh, like crap, like, what do I do next? I'm a failure. Like I, I don't have anything, but it's like, dude, yeah 
That yeah. comment brings you back to the idea of presence. It's like you have mm-hmm. to be present in the process. Mm-hmm. Well, still understanding your end goals, but knowing that you might not get them when you want them, you might not ever get them, but to be present in the process is to still remain excited and motivated to go forward. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you that because, you know, you've been going after the acting thing for a while. We've talked about this offline a ton about like, is this mm-hmm. the right thing? Am I, am I still like into this? Do I still really want to mm-hmm. do this? Do I need to go back to school or pursue a different career, you know, to support my family? And my main thing is what I tell myself. I think what I've shared with you, it's like, you know, do you still love what you're doing? Do you still get up every morning? And you're like, this is calling your soul. You know, you have unfinished business mm-hmm. in this Avenue and mm-hmm. you, you still believe you can offer, you know, something, whether, whether you're discovered or not, like, can you talk about that? Because it's hard to get up every day and not just, you know, blow up yeah. at whatever you're trying to do, whether it's being an athlete or musician or an actor or an entrepreneur or whatever. And that takes some serious courage, you know? Yeah. You know, especially I think um, where I'm at personally getting, you know, getting kind of my life is getting bigger. I have a you know, wife mm-hmm. and a kid, like things are happening. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not where I want to be um, in my career quote, quote, career, career, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have some good like mentors in my life. Um, and one there's a letters to a young poet, I think, I don't know if you've heard of it or read it, but it's a, a, a book. And, um, in one of the letters it asks, you know, you know, this is kind of paraphrasing, but like it relates to kind of goals and art, but I think goals, uh, and art, um, you know, in like in your quietest hour, you know, in, in the, in the deepest, in the darkest, like quietest hour, like inside, does your heart still say like, I must, like, I must do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And fortunately or unfortunately, my heart's still saying I must. So it's like, I, I, I feel strongly connected to, um, you know, to, uh, the arts, um, and especially to film, you know, I feel like a strong passion to storytelling, um, because I think it's such an important part of our, our culture and every culture to, to, um, to hear stories mm-hmm. or to watch stories, um, pass it on, right. To pass, pass it, it on. on. Exactly. You know, to pass on experiences, you know, to be like, okay, like, you know, this person struggled with this and they did this and, you know, they, there, there was an outcome, you know, uh, or love stories, whatever it is, it's like to give us hope and to give us guidance to move forward. Um, so lucky enough, I'm, I, I was able to have a mentor who, who introduced me to that, uh, small, um, uh, uh, I'll call it a, yeah, a book, um, that had that passage in it. And I, is I, I it's a book. What is it called again? Letters to a young poet. Awesome. It's, um, it's, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's this su- successful poet. Um, Gosh, I think it's Rilk, Rilke. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think I know who you're talking about. Rainer Maria Rilke. Yeah. Yep. I, I, might, I, I might not be pronouncing it correctly. Right. I know. But, I've um, read a ton of, of that author's yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, either on the internet and or in person. Exactly what it is. A, a young poet <clears throat> writes to him about, I think, his you know, uh, uh, struggles as a young artist. Mm-hmm. And so this more successful... Um, in, in, in his idea, successful artist, you know, um, uh, uh, he writes to him asking questions, this more successful artist kind of writes back to him and be like, this is, 
this is my experience, you know, this is how I approach art, you know, and it's in, in his experiences and also in mine, it's like when I approach art, not with the idea of like money and fame and success in that way, but in, in, mm. in the approach of like exploring it, you know, I'm able to get a lot more out of it and experience a lot more yeah. uh, depth, you know, of it. For someone that's, you know, dealing with addiction, whether they're the ages we were when we first started drinking or, you know, in the thirties or forties or fifties, mm-hmm. and let's say they don't have the support system, you know, that you had, what, what would be your biggest recommendation? Like, would it be get yourself to a, get yourself in therapy? You know, if someone really wants to change, cause, cause at first you have to want to stop, right? Like you can't just be mm-hmm. sort of half-assing anything and think you're going to make a huge mm-hmm. change in behavior. Right. Exactly. Is there something you'd say to some, somebody? No, absolutely. It's like, uh, um, anyone who's struggling with addiction, um, you know, of course, uh, my experience is like, I, I, I went to AA and that has been my biggest support group for, for that part of my life. But then it also bleeds into like some of my AA friends are also my real life friends now. And like, yeah. they, they are bleed into my life in in many aspects, like yeah, they support me in many ways, but, yeah. um, my, my recommendation is of course, like just, uh, get honest with somebody, Yep. you know, it doesn't, it just, just tell somebody what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are struggling, like it can be a family member, a friend, or, or like I found in AA, people come in and tell total strangers what's going on with them. The truth, the absolute mm-hmm. truth. And those strangers pick them up and, and, you know, change their lives for sure. But yeah. I'd say, I'd say most importantly, just get honest, tell anybody yeah. what's going on with you. Uh, and, and just keep going, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, I <laughs> or, you know, it, they say it in kind of a, it's like, or, you know, try to drink and control it or try and yeah. use and control it one more time and see how it goes. It's like, you, you don't even have to, to know where it's going to go. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're going to keep going, you know, you're going to keep yes. using. So yeah. just tell somebody where you're at is what I'm hundred percent agree, say. man. It, it's almost like being open and vulnerable is that first step to healing anything, mm-hmm. you know, just admitting it. Exactly. I, I wanted to touch on, so like just the society we live in, drinking is such a cultural thing, right? You go out to a bar, you're around music, you're around friends and drinking for a lot of people is their way of opening, releasing after work or after what stressful mm-hmm. day or whatever, winding down after your kid goes to sleep at night with a, you know, with a glass of wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I drink most of my life and I never really had a problem with it, but I think it was like maybe three or four years ago. I just, and I would talk to you about this because you know about it, but I would like have a beer and I would just feel like shit. You know, <laughs> I was running so much. So I had like no body fat, but I would like drink a beer or have a glass of wine. And I got, God, man, I take, it tastes great. But after like the first 20 minutes of my blood alcohol rising, I get that buzz and you're crashing. I just feel like absolute dog shit, you know? And even <laughs> if it was like one drink, I'd wake up the next morning and also feel like shit, have less energy, you know, like I'd, I'd have like the sniffles or I'd, like the back of my throat would have like whatever, you know, you just feel like, ugh, I just ingested mm-hmm. something that's poison. And I'm not like saying everyone should stop drinking, you know, if you don't have a problem with it. But when I sort of made the decision, I'm just like, I'm just, I just don't really need this anymore to be sociable. You know, I can go to a, to a club, I can go to a music venue and I can be completely sober and dance my ass off mm-hmm. and have a great fucking time. Um, go home 
go to bed, wake up the next morning and, and feel great about it. You know, I don't have to have, I don't have to have drugs to sort of, you know, open my heart to the experiences of, of, of life. And, and mm-hmm. we live in a culture where, you know, when, if I were to go to a bar with friends and I wouldn't be drinking, if they don't know me well, they'd be like, Oh, do you want, do you, can I buy you a beer? You know, cause people are really nice. Can I buy you a drink? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's cool. I'm not drinking. And they'll automatically assume that I'm recovering, you know, they'll be like, mm-hmm. Oh man, this guy must've been addicted. And I was like, now there's a lot of people that, you know, it's, it's just a cultural thing because we're so like, we're so it's so it's ingrained in us to be like, well, you just drink when you get to 21, especially in the U S you know? Mm-hmm. And so everyone drinks, you go to a bar, you drink. It's like, I don't have to drink alcohol to like be around people and be myself. Like I enjoy having deep conversations. I enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. like just, you know, connecting. I don't need alcohol to connect and I don't need alcohol to wind down or to relax. You know, I can. You know, exactly. Things. Exactly. I feel like, um, it's like, it's such a, big part of the culture. And also like you said, it's like some people, you know, you say like, Oh, I, oh, I'm good. I don't need a beer. And some people think you're recovering, but there's a lot of places yeah. in the world in the country where it's like, it's the opposite. It's where it's like people get trying to shamed Ooh, yeah. for not partaking in the cultural norms, you know? Yes. Like, and, that's a problem. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's, I mean, that's one of those, it's a major, yeah, it's just a major problem in our society about like how, how like it's just like, yeah, come people, on, man. Like, like everyone's yeah. drinking, like just have exactly. a drink, dude. Just wanna, relax, lighten up. People don't want to, you know, people don't want to listen to like somebody else's opinion on drinking or whatever. Like, it's just yeah. like, like if they're like, oh, I, you know, I don't drink and they, they come back at you with like, oh, come on, lighten up. Like just have one. It's like, it's tough. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a very, it puts you in a tough place to be, especially like if you're trying to not drink. Right whether it's because you have a problem or just because in your case where like, I'm sure like after we had conversations, somebody probably was like, Oh, come on, I, let me get you a beer. And you felt pressured and you're like, you mm-hmm. know what? Okay. I'll have a beer. I'm, I'm sure it still happened to you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and maybe, maybe you said yes. Maybe you said no, I don't know actually, yeah. but um, I'm sure it ha- happened and you felt pressured right. to partake, you know? And, yeah, and I usually explain myself cause I, you know me, like I'm a very sort of stubborn human being and I'll, and I'll like, I'll explain myself like, no, this is why I'm not drinking. I think in my, in my younger years, yes, I probably be like, okay, cool. It's not a big deal. And mm-hmm. now it's like, no, I stand my ground. It's like, I'm, I'm just not surrounding myself with people that can't understand where I'm coming from. Cause I try to explain it. It's like, dude, I'll still, I, people can drink around me. I have no problem with it. You oh, know? Yeah. Um, I'm not judging others. I just, it's just not for me anymore. And I think when I look at the science, just about what alcohol does in our bloodstream and in our body and in our organs and to our brain, even the slightest amount of alcohol is still poison, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just no way to argue that I'm not a complete anti drinker. Like it's just, it's not about that. It's just about like, I'm trying to put myself in the healthiest position to just experience life, you know, cause nothing's guaranteed. So if I mm-hmm. you know, spend a night drinking, I just feel like shit the next day. So we're just wasted 24 hours, you know, for, yeah. for me. And exactly, exactly. especially in the running culture, this is really interesting. Cause when you travel a lot and a lot of these runners, you know, peak fitness, very thin, you know, run hundreds of miles a week, but it's very much a cultural thing where, you know, a lot of them have alcohol sponsors from beers or from beer companies or from tequila companies. And it's mm-hmm. part of like the running culture, right? Like run 20 miles and have a beer, have a cold beer after your, with your buds, you know, on the, on the tailgate yeah. or whatever. And I thought that was really interesting because hey, like these people are so thin that the alcohol just runs right through them, you know, so it's absorbed <laughs> by no fat. It's just like in their bloodstream, in all their muscles. And it's almost, it's depleting their muscles immediately right after. So instead of drinking protein or, you know, refueling with glycogen, it's just like, boom, it's killing muscles. So that's on a scientific base. It's not good. But then when you see people like they're sort of intoxicating to numb the pain they just inflicted. And, you know, it's like, I noticed a lot of my friends in the running community, it's not everyone, but a lot, 
you know, they would drink, they would open up and they would start talking about trauma. They would start mm-hmm. talking about depression or loneliness, you know, and mm-hmm. these are top, top athletes. And I'm like, interesting that like, we have to have this drug to crack our egg open. So that way we yeah. can be ourselves. Yeah. And that that's like, oh man, that just doesn't sit well with me. Right. It's like, we, like we should be working on closing that separation. So we don't need a drug to close it for us. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I mean, that's a super, super important kind of topic in the sense of like, uh, you know, just communication and being honest with somebody and like being open is like so hard. It's so hard to be, uh, oneself, you know, it's, and you, it's a lot of fear around it. A lot of, you know, you want to be a people pleaser, whatever it is. Like you want to, um, you know, you just want to impress people, whatever, whatever it is. Like it's, it's so hard to just communicate openly. I think in, in a lot of societies and like a lot of, um, cultures, a lot of even relationships, even with your loved ones, I think it's hard to, it's sometimes harder maybe Mm -hmm. to be, um, honest with somebody who you're close with because you don't want to hurt them or you don't want to offend them or you don't want them to look at you in this light. Like they, they see you one way and you say this one thing, they see you differently. It's like, eh, I'll just not say it, yes. you know, which can lead to a whole another bag of issues of holding on to, to things, mm-hmm. which is stem up as, um, you know, um, resentments and relationships or whatever it is. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that like, yeah, like people, um, need a social lubricant of alcohol or drugs to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a about, great term, social things. lubricant. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly, that's that's exactly what it feels like. It's like, it's like okay, hold cool, on, like, don't ask me a deep question yet. I need one more beer. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. You can, yeah. And next thing you know, by the end of the night, you're talking about like crazy stuff and you're just yeah. like, <laughs> but then sometimes at the end of the night, you go too far and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, you just forgot about what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also, yeah, I feel like that can happen uh, drunk or sober. Sometimes you can yeah. just get into just complete you know, lost in conversation and openness, which I think is a beautiful thing though, too. It's like, it's hard to get there with somebody to open communication. Uh, do you, do you remember when we were in high school, it was almost like iconified to be able to drink a lot, you know, like, I feel like, especially as a young man, I remember it was like, mm-hmm. Oh, like this person just chugs liquor or this person just <laughs> chugs beer. And, or like when you shotgun a beer, you know, probably people that don't know what that is. It's literally, <laughs> you have a beer can and I'm sure a lot of you do know what this is, but you know, you get a pen or a knife, you, you know, puncture in the beer somewhere, you open the beer can, you basically just swig, chug the whole beer. Uh, if you don't know what that is, Google it. But you know, (laughs) it's sort of like, it's not even like a, at that age, it's not even like a taste thing. It's like a, just really how much can you drink to sort of, you know, prove to your friends or be, or be accepted or whatever, as you get older, it becomes more culturally acceptable. So it's like, Oh, I'll just have a couple glasses of wine. But even a couple glasses of wine is a shit ton of alcohol. Like can be. Alcohol yeah, contact. exactly. If you have two or three, it's like, oh, you're like, you're considered buzzed or whatever. You, yeah. you know, you feel different. Yeah. You know, I feel different after a couple of sips, uh, uh, just cause that's me. And like, I have a, you know, if it's in my blood, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's, uh, it's powerful stuff, you know? And like, yep. uh, but when you're young and I, I, I don't know for sure. Cause I'm not a woman, but I feel like it's like for men, it's like, I need to prove that I can drink a lot. That yeah. makes me a man. And for, 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 for a, a young woman, it's kind of like, I need to prove that I can have only a few 
and be yeah. a lady or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting it's, that, dichot- that dichotomy in our culture, you know, and it's, yep. you know, I, 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 we can't get too much into that just cause like we're both men and we don't, when it comes Completely. to the woman experience, we really don't know much. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. But, um, but I, it's interesting and it's on, it's, it's just so uh, unfortunate yeah. uh, that that's such a strong thing for, I, I can't imagine, especially these days with, with internet and phone, like, oh, man. I'm scared yeah. for my kid, man. Like, I for agree, my kid, dude. It's like, I, agree. I mean, imagine, imagine if we had Tinder when we were in high school. Oh God. We would have been like, fucked, dude. Exactly. I don't, is it even legal for like kids underage? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, sure the kids are it, making you know? fake accounts. Yeah. I mean, Which it's is just, just freaking terrifying. And right. Like, it's or any, just Instagram alone. Like we didn't yeah. have social media. We're like, TikTok, that like cyber bullying, cyber yeah, bullying, like real, just man. always comparing yourself to someone else 24 seven. You're just in comparison. You know, it's, you're just, con- and that is just with alcohol, with drugs, mm-hmm. you know, God, man, I, mm-hmm. I it's a tough time to be a, a kid growing up and also a parent raising a kid in this yeah. climate. Or, or even in the middle of like that kind of like that, like of uh, just in the middle, like the, a young adult or adult age where you're kind of like uh where we both have been where it's like oh we don't exactly we're trying to still you're trying to find your way you're trying to fit in and like social media has been such a huge impact like the past like 10 years or whatever such an important part of life and um it's it's to me it's scary like of course it's it's a helpful tool but i think it's it's people using it so much where i think it's 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 closing up people's ability to communicate honestly and you 100% know, agree with uh, you I, yeah and yeah. if you just look at like the opioid epidemic like the drugs mm-hmm. that are, people are using are quite different and i think that if you look at opioids you know as a drug it's really meant to numb it's a painkiller right it numbs mm-hmm. yourself so it's almost like we're more connected digitally than ever but we have more depression suicide rates are up it's all the way down to like nine or ten year olds now which is insane because <sighs> when we were young it was like 13 or 14 so it dropped like three or four yeah. or five years, you know, which is a huge difference. You think about being nine years old or 10 years old and thinking about <sighs> suicide. That's insane. And I think like, I can't even imagine. You, yeah. You think like we're, we're more connected than ever, but we're not, we're more disconnected, you know, because it's all facade surface level and the, mm-hmm. the drugs that we're that are of choice now for this generation, a lot of them are the numbing drugs. It's not the uppers. It's not like the, you mm-hmm. know, all the Molly and MDMA are still out there, but it's really like, Oh, I'll just take five or six opioids, you know, mm-hmm. Percocet, Oxycontin, and it'll just numb me. And yeah. I mean, I had to take a couple of those after shoulder surgery and I, I fucking hated what I felt like. I felt like I was on a different planet, you know, like I, I just, <laughs> I had no feel. I was just like, I feel absolutely numb, like numb to yeah. everything, numb to my emotions, numb to yeah. everything. I'm like, man, if someone get addicted to this, you really, you just, it's like you just accidentally jump down or maybe on purpose, jump down this fucking well and you're stuck down there without a rope. Yeah. You know, people disappear, you know, like just completely disappear. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's tough right now, especially just social media and like the culture and like, uh, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, it's just, it's just changing so much where it seems so acceptable to be, uh, one, one way, which is like really scary. It's like, it's acceptable to be like a, uh, somebody who's doing this and yeah. maybe not acceptable, but it's just more known. And I think like you said, kids are learning things so much younger these days, like nine or 10. I remember even when we were younger, which wasn't that long ago, really. Uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't know what that was. You know, I didn't know suicide, but now kids are going through that and that's just heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, but I think, you know, I think 
there will be a maybe a turning point or people individually have turning points where they choose Mm -hmm. to be different, where they realize like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't really helping me. Like this isn't helping me gain friends. Like, yeah. You know, this isn't real. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, I was thinking about this earlier, but I didn't get to mention it kind of like, uh, on career and also like what people see you as successful. It's like, what you, you know, when I look at my goals, it's like, yes, I want to be this, but like, what would I rather have on my, you know, tombstone? It's like, would I rather be known as a great friend, great father, great husband, great family member, or the, the actor who won the most Oscars of all time? But, but let's that, be yeah. honest, nobody's better than Meryl Streep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, true. She's, she's, she's a great, great <laughs> idol. She's oh, legend. Meryl, I hope you hear this. You're amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, and she, it's, that's it's a very just, good point though, dude. Mm-hmm. Cause it's you're talking fixed. about like the end goal, right? Like you, yeah. you can still have this goal of being, you know, having these external achievements, right? Being a top actor, mm-hmm. making a, enough money to support your family and be financially stable, you know, achieving these goals. But at the end of the day, what do you want to be remembered for? And for me, it's like, you're an amazing man. You're, you're, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a learning, amazing father. You're an amazing husband. You're an amazing friend and you're progressing through life learning more things, being vulnerable, being open yeah. and helping others. I mean, dude, that shit right there is like, you know, that's, that's from the heart. It's the real stuff. That's the bread and butter. It's like, uh, that is the real stuff where it's like, everyone has somebody in their life where I think you, I, I can, you know, uh, you know, whether it's like grandmas, grandpas, friends, even people you haven't even met that much, but you can just tell that everyone in their life loves them because they're mm-hmm. such a loving person it's like gosh i hope i can go down like that like that's my true end goal to be like yeah somebody people can call on when they need support and love yeah because you know? of your experience because you've been through this trauma mm-hmm. you've come out of it you're sort of a a pillar or a support yeah. system for others i completely yeah. agree dude like i i if oh god um yeah if i can if i can extend the, the olive branch to somebody else who's going through what I went through and, and have the same outcome and help them, uh, recover. I'd feel so good. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a program where people have sponsors and sponsees and like, I, 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 I hope for the day where one sponsee, uh, exactly is desperate enough to do what it takes just to, just to, just to change, you know, yeah. because it's a, it's a magical experience on my end, but I can't imagine like my, my kind of my, my, my sponsor kind of spiritual guide, I guess. Yeah. Like I read a lot. Seeing somebody change is a whole nother. It's like, God, I can't imagine. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. I can do that resonates so much with me, man, because I read a lot about like how to find meaningful work. Cause I'm at, it's like, you are at a point in my life. Where I'm like, how do I want to give back? How do I really, and there's a lot of different avenues I want to, you know, go towards, but the main thing is like how to find meaningful work. And really it's about helping others in the way that you were helped by people, you know? And for me, it's like, if there weren't certain, like yourself, if there weren't certain people in my life, I wouldn't be here today. You know, Mm -hmm. like there, there were certain people that came in my life when I needed them the most and they held me up. They supported me. They gave me a harsh dose of reality, you know, Mm -hmm. they helped me be accountable. They helped me grow, helped me be a better man. And if I didn't have these people, and there's many of them, hundreds of them throughout my life, 
I wouldn't be who I am today sitting in this seat talking to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to do that for others as well too, because you keep passing that on, you know, and it's not from an all knowing space. It's just from experience of empathy. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to struggle and to, you know, uh, not want to be alive anymore, you know, to be super down on myself, to not Mm -hmm. believe in myself. And because I continuously come out of that, because it's a continuous battle. You're not just flip a switch and you're just like, Oh, everything's awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and I think like, that's, that's inside of you too. Like you emulate how you've been helped. Yeah, I, I, I try. Like you said, it's like you, you hit on so many things, which is, uh, you know, uh, helpfulness to others. It's like, you know, if I help somebody else, if I can get myself out of the way and help somebody else, I usually feel better than like if I like did my thing. It's like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to help. Yeah, I'll put my day on hold and I'll help out my buddy move or I'll help my, you know, I'll call my brother, see how he's doing or, you know, help my wife with something. Yeah. It's, I, usually, I usually feel a little better when I'm useful. To others and i think you also said one of the magic words i think that i'm starting to hear a lot more of lately and that makes me happy uh is empathy you know mm-hmm. just to just to really understand somebody's experience and to to you know it comes back to i think feeling love for them and loving them uh even strangers about like you know like I, i'm just trying to look at people with understanding and empathy Cause who knows, like you don't, you never know how somebody's day is going, how somebody's yeah. feeling, you know? So it's like, like you said, if you can just kind of, uh, walk out in the world and be a little bit more understanding and just, and more open to what's going on around you versus my, I'll speak for myself, my own ideals. It's like, yep. it's a, it's, it's a game changer <laughs> in my day. That reminds me of uh, David Foster Wallace, the, the late writer of our generation he gave a speech um at this uh, liberal arts school for graduation and it since then became a book because the speech was so good but it's called this is water amazing you can it's free on youtube but Mm -hmm. uh the the first scene is um these two younger fish swimming i think it's the ocean or a lake and they're talking you know chatting and this older fish is swimming towards them and the older fish says morning boys how's the water and the two younger fish are like look at each other and they're like what the fuck is water (laughs) you know And, and, and it's just that like like you know, DFW sets it up so cerebrally mm-hmm. where it's like they live in this environment their entire lives, but they don't even realize what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, then he goes into sort of standing in line at the supermarket from a first person's perspective. And, you know, he was a very aggravated person as a young individual and he would be like a baby crying on a mom's shoulder. And <laughs> the, the, the old lady that's checking out is taking forever because she's taking stuff out. And he's like, you know, from, from his perspective, he gets super angry, but God, all these fucking people, you know? But mm-hmm. then if he takes a step back, he's like, this mother, you know, could be a single mom working three jobs and her kid has a fever and she's just trying to get medicine for him to take him to put him to sleep or to take him to a mm-hmm. doctor. And then the old lady struggling might have like severe arthritis in her hands and she just can't move, you know, the produce to okay. put it on the, you know, and, and like to, to step back from sort of our siloed worlds of me, 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 and to open up. I mean, man, mm-hmm. that shit is powerful. And I, and I fall victim. I don't do it all the time, but I try 100%. to remind myself. Exactly. That's the thing too. It's like, I'm never going to do it perfectly. And that's kind of also relieving in itself. Just be like, look, there's no right or wrong answer. Like there's no, like, there's no cookie cutter way to do it. You know, like, it's yes. just like, um, but I think one thing that I've kind of been hit with a little bit lately, is just like, and like you said, it's like, I don't do it every day or even half of the time. Like mm-hmm. I want to, like, I want to do it every day, but it's hard. It's hard yeah. to, to stay in that like open mindset, but like, the idea of kind of letting life happen to me mm-hmm. versus trying to like 
make it all happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just trying to uh, like see what the day has in store for me. And that's not just to say like just sit around and like see what happens like on your couch. Right. Like, although maybe sometimes you know maybe sometimes yeah. just sit on your couch and see what happens. Uh, but but just to like not control you know and really just let it let life wash over you. <laughs> Amen to that, uh, man. Is 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 what I really I think I'm lately kind of striving for of like, you know, especially when it comes to like having a kid, it's like, he's, you know, a year and a half and, you know, he's, he's, I, if I try to control him, like I'm in trouble because he is the epitome of like somebody who you can't control. Right. Like he will run the opposite direction. He will say no. Yeah. And like, and like how wonderful is that? Like where Mm -hmm. if like, if I try to control it, I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be angry. I'm Mm going to, not like him at the moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and that also bleeds into not liking anybody else in my day. But if I just can like, be like, if I can just let it happen, uh, and then be a little more patient, things seem to go a lot smoother in my life. And I'm able to connect with people better. I'm able to, um, be more open. I think honestly, since kind of having this mindset, like I've even, you know, you start to see people in a different light. Like I've, I've, I've started to like, fall more and more in love with my wife mm-hmm. uh you know like we're, we're 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 crazy about each other but now i'm like really really like as we've grown further in our relationship like just like um yeah just seeing her in new ways where i'm like oh my gosh like you're so beautiful in this way that i never even took time to realize yeah like the example i t- talked about earlier about like her trying to make sure i get out the door with everything it's like at first right. i'm just like you're driving me crazy but now i'm like yeah. wow like wow thank god i had those diaper wipes <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so yeah true. that's real too that's a real one it's like oh thank god <laughs> really saved my day on that one man so, this has been dude such a good conversation bro yeah no I, i'm i i just want to say too i'm like i'm um i'm so glad that you're doing this for you and for others and like just as you're, I'm so glad you're in my life, man, to see you fearlessly change mm-hmm. and, and really pursue, um, what you feel you must like yeah. that, that kind of thing. It's like, you feel like, and you're, uh, you're a good example of somebody who is just, you want to like, you, you want to do a podcast and you got a mic, your yeah. voice sounds great, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> super deep. And, <laughs> and, and you just do it, man. And I love it. I love you. And I love seeing you grow. And I, I can't, I'm so grateful you're in my life, man. Like, like my brother, true friend, dude, all the love, um, Matt, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show, buddy. And yeah. we'll have to have you on again once it progresses. Cause you know, it's, I'm sure there's going to be more yeah. for you to talk about as your kid gets older and yeah, you go yeah, through yeah, all exactly. the lovely parts of parenting. Mm-hmm exactly well thanks for having me man it's been it's been a great way to start my day here and uh i can't wait to see how it goes and see how it grows
Thank you for listening to the Star of the Ego Feed the Soul podcast. If you guys want to give back, the best way you can give back is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify podcasts, subscribing or following along, and of course, sharing this podcast with your friends and your followers to help it grow, to help it reach more ears. Thank you guys so much, and we hope you tune in next time.